all right uh thank you so much uh thank you for today um hello and good morning hello and good afternoon where are you following this podcast from this is collins and uh, today we have been joined in uh, by a very great lady uh, we've been joined in uh, by a radio pharmacist and uh, uh, you know everything to do with a nuclear pharmacy so today you're gonna hear about that and um maybe you can just give uh you one minute uh, uh dr Itotia, to just introduce yourself unto the podcast the, the 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 audience okay thank you thank you collins uh one minute is a lot <laughs> to just introduce myself but my name is uh, elizabeth fangari Itotia. Uh, a pharmacist by training, a radio pharmacist by specialization. I work as a radio pharmacist uh, at Kenyatta University, teaching research and referral hospital where we do uh, both PET and SPECT scans for our patients. So we do the actual production of the drug and some part of compounding of the drugs uh, for the daily nuclear medicine scans that are done in the facility. Uh, apart from that, I'm also one of the two radio pharmacists, uh, one of the two female radio pharmacists in the country, and a proud person to be the nuclear field. Asante. Wow. Amazing, amazing. We have been joined in by a very great lady, one of the very, very, very fast people to uh, do a radio pharmacy in Kenya. And so that people will not go to India, so that people will not go to uh, other places in the world to look for, for uh, you know, to be treated like cancer. But uh, let me just introduce a heart to you uh, that and, uh, Dr. Itotia uh, is a nuclear pharmacist in Kenya and works in, K, uh, in KU teaching referral and, uh, you know, just as he has said, a referral uh, hospital. And uh, from Limuru, actually, she she's from Limuru. Limuru, sorry for my uh, my speech there. From Loreto, sorry, is it Limuru or Loreto? Ro- I'm Loreto, from I'm from Limuru, and I studied at Loreto. Yes. Oh yeah, sure. So uh, she's from Limuru, a very agricultural-based region. And uh, from there, you know, it shaped uh, uh, Dr. Itotia's um, uh, passion and, and career uh, so that she will go uh, to study harder. And she graduated, actually, uh, uh, as a valedictorian in a Bachelor of, uh, bachelor of, uh, pharma- from bachelor of Pharmacy. And uh, she also got a scholarship, a scholarship with IAEM, and then she studied master's in nuclear pharmacy. And today we are here with her so that she can speak about all of this. So, um, Dr. Itotia, maybe you can just uh, give us uh, uh, um, uh, uh, what is your... What is nuclear pharmacy and what is the difference between nuclear pharmacy and uh, nuclear medicine? Okay, um, nuclear pharmacy is a field of pharmacy or a field of pharmacy specialization that deals with radioactive drugs. So the unique feature about uh, the field is that our molecules or the drugs that we administer to our patients, whether for diagnosis or for therapy, are radioactive. Um, uh, it's different from the normal radiotherapy that you think about because in this case we 
administer systemically whether through an injection or whether we make the patient take a tablet or a solution by mouth uh, so the radiation this time becomes comes from the patient so it's not coming from a machine like in the other radiotherapy procedures so how it is different from nuclear medicine i'm not saying it's different i say it's part of so because there's no nuclear medicine without radio pharmacy or without nuclear pharmacy so all nuclear medicine procedures whether for diagnosis or for treatment are dependent on the availability of the radioactive drug so you can never have a nuclear medicine procedure if you do not have the drug uh, so radiopharmacy is at the heart of nuclear medicine. So people maybe who are involved or who can tell you they're in nuclear medicine but they're not pharmacists will probably be the physicians who would be interpreting the images, for example, or uh, coordinating the administration of the therapeutic drugs to the patients. Or maybe we can have the nuclear medicine technologists who are the people who inject the patients and uh, scan the patients. Or we can have radiochemists who are mainly involved in the in the research part of uh, radiopharmacy. Uh, so uh, we we work together. We cannot separate the two. Thank you. Wow! Uh, amazing, amazing. And uh, many people uh, will be just curious to uh, to know uh, because um, there is no. Uh, and there are no uh, radio pharmacists in Kenya. Uh, there were no radio pharmacists. Uh, let me just say that there were no radio pharmacists in Kenya. What has been your journey? What has been your journey into your career uh, uh, so that uh, you could know that there is radio pharmacy? I could study radio pharmacy and um, even uh, be uh, the best as you are today. So, uh, what is your journey? What is your journey in your career? Uh, okay, yeah. First, your first statement is true. We've not been having radio pharmacists in the country. I believe now we are four. We are two ladies and two gentlemen uh, who are qualified radio pharmacists uh, in the country. Um, we probably would say because also nuclear medicine and radio pharmacy uh, level of medicine had not, uh, we, we were not yet there as a country. We, had, we didn't have the facilities. So maybe most people will not have studied it because um, uh, you'd study and not probably just work outside, not work in this country. But now we, we are getting the we are getting the facilities uh, a bit slowly, but we are still getting the facility. So my journey to radio pharmacy, I normally say, was um, by chance. <laughs> um, it, it it was not. I didn't even know about it. It was not something I never. I never thought about it because you can never think about something you don't know exists. Uh, but during my interactions with my mentors, with my supervisors in after campus, uh, um, I was trying to figure out where I want to fit in. Do I join hospital? Do I join industry? Do I join academia? And then one of them one day told me that uh, there is this. Um, radio pharmacy opportunity uh, scholarship that is competitive uh, so if you are willing you can apply and try your luck so her name is dr mugune uh, so that time i didn't know i had done a unit in radio pharmacy before but uh, it was in second year and for pharmacy is a five-year course so this was four years later so all i could remember was iodine radioactive drugs so i couldn't understand how this could be a whole master's course but i decided you know what uh, i don't lose anything by just reading and researching and so i do my research and uh, uh for some reason not for some reason it actually 
aligned with what I've always wanted to achieve in life because ever since I was small I've always thought you know I want to make a difference in the lives of cancer patients I want to that time I was very ambitious uh, probably I still have a chance huh? <laughs> I I want to discover something that would cure cancer you know even if not all types of cancer but at least the type of cancer and so when I read about radio pharmacy I was fascinated that probably this could be it this is this could be where I I actually leave my footprint Uh, in this world and so I I I I contact Dr. Muguna and tell her I'll go for it uh, I'll apply for the scholarship so uh, the scholarship of course was by the IA um, the RAF 6054 project the regional project the Afra project so I apply and uh, a few five six months later I receive an acceptance email um, and I was over the moon <laughs> the rest is just history yeah So, so how 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 do you balance uh for example work and um balancing work and uh, going to uh, the conferences and uh, so many things so on and so forth because i know uh because you are very few in the country there are many times that uh you know you'll be needed everywhere actually like for example uh, Collins is here uh, uh wants to uh, interview you uh, for this podcast and you find out you're in Egypt you find out that you're uh, in this place how do you balance all of these at, at the same time <laughs> Collins you've been stalking me. Anyway, so <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. You I think you you just have to because uh, some of these workshops and some of these uh, conferences are are things if you are to become a career person you cannot miss. You cannot miss because uh, they are all aimed at career development, making you better. And of course when they educate one person, they are educating them for Kenya, you know. Uh, and so from what you gain from those places you are able to implement some of them some of them maybe not uh, in your home country and the service becomes better it's also eye opening because you there's just so much that a master's degree can give you you still need the exposure you still need um, the practical part of it um yeah so uh, when when you do get those you're able to even identify where are the gaps in your country And so what that does is sometimes you negotiate with you or I negotiate with my employer to see if I can get uh, time off uh, if I don't have leave days and sometimes I'll just have to utilize my my leave days to be able to attend some of these things so it's a, I wouldn't call it a sacrifice because it's not like I don't like it I actually like it uh, I like the learning I like the the career trajectory where such events take me so Yeah so I just balance between my leave days between my weekends between doing overtime so that I have some days off that I can now do th- these other things and of course make Collins book me a month in advance <laughs> Yeah, yeah, sure. And uh, it's really it's really great actually uh, just talking to you. And um maybe you can tell us a little bit more about uh this hadam called Valle Valedictorian, you know. And, and uh the um you know uh, the first time I heard about uh, you it was about uh being top 35 under 35. Maybe you can just tell us a little bit about that. Oh, okay. Those are two different events. So, um So valedictorian was at undergraduate level when I was graduating as a pharmacist with my undergraduate degree so a valedictorian uh, is a student recognized by the university for every graduating class they recognize one student 
who has shown consistency in academic performance and co-curricular activity and of course has emerged the best in those two aspects. So that time I graduated as valedictorian in the University of Nairobi 58th graduation ceremony out of 3000 graduates uh, <laughs> or over 3000 graduates. Uh so it was a it was a big deal. It was a, it was a major achievement. And then after my or after I came back from South Africa now and started being very vocal about radiopharmacy, about nuclear medicine. Uh and of course now joined the KU team uh, or rejoined the KU team to be able to operationalize a center that uh is now the first public facility in the country to offer nuclear medicine facilities. I was recognized now by Business Daily as top 40 under 40. Yeah, thank you. Wow, that's that's amazing. And and many many uh, young ladies because a uh, uh, nuclear energy and uh, nuclear in the nuclear sector there are very few ladies. And um most of these ladies they're looking for mentors. They're looking for people who can uh, shape their career, who can uh, as well uh, advise them and give them uh, the direction, I mean, um what uh, courses to do and uh, so on and so forth. And there are others also actually in uh, just ladies actually. But uh, they want to uh, to know more about how also they can uh, I mean the, the children also they can uh, put them to uh, study nuclear energy so what what advice can you give unto them and um yeah what advice can you give unto them uh the future is nuclear <laughs> so go for it <laughs> yeah 100% the future is nuclear so um I think girls we normally tend to shy away from quote and quote tough because well, really if you put your heart to it it's not tough um courses uh, because this is just the way the society has conditioned us to take certain roles certain um career paths yeah but i believe you are just as capable so if your passion is in nuclear and you need a mentor i'm sure there are there enough women in stem who can be able to guide you in that career path they must not necessarily be nuclear but if you just look for someone who is in stem they are just going to guide you in the right in the right path and the fact that we are few uh, i'm not saying it's um in actually a good way it gives the woman an upper hand because uh most most organization would seek to achieve the gender equality thing yeah so if you are a woman you have an upper hand if you're qualified of course mm-hmm. yeah sure yeah and um, many people are actually because you said uh, the future is nuclear we are looking forward uh, for many people to uh, have uh, these scholarships uh, like the IAEA there's a scholarship uh, offered by uh, IAEA is called Maria Sklodowski uh, fellowship and so on so on so many scholarships are there and also uh, uh, the, the the mentors are there so you can just tell uh, them to uh, uh, to uh, find uh, a mentor and then uh they can you know make their career choices so uh who is your mo- who is your mentor actually maybe i can just start by that who is your mentor <laughs> that's a tough question because <laughs> i have many um and probably they all come at different parts and some uh, remain consistent so for me to join radio pharmacy of course this was influenced by or the idea of course came from two people and both of them were my lecturers both of them were women 
so that's Professor Thoithi and uh, Dr. Mugune. So they are both lecturers at University of Nairobi. Uh, yes, and then later I get to, I got to meet many other people who have contributed positively to my career, both male and female. But currently, my main mentor is uh, Dr. Winnie Dubai from Nupea. Yes. Wow! Amazing! Amazing! Yeah, and uh, we are looking forward uh, that uh, many ladies uh, can also say that you are their mentors because mm-hmm. many of them are they're there and they're saying, oh, where can I find Doctor Itotia, uh, so that she can uh, just, uh, I mean, advise us and so on and so forth. And also, I, I, I can I can uh, recommend having like a website where we can find Dr. Tortia or how can they find you on social media <laughs> accounts and so on and so forth yeah I am just that I'm Elizabeth Tortia everywhere LinkedIn Facebook Instagram everywhere I, I just have never known how to use Twitter so for those three platforms I I, I, I use the same name Elizabeth Tortia so for most people who reach out uh, I will just assess uh, sometimes um, you know whether you can be able to take them on or not depending on where what they are looking to achieve in life or if not, I always get them to the right direction because you know you also can't take uh, twenty people to mentor. You not do a good job. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, because it's it's like a job. Yeah, sure. And 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 um, somebody might ask because nuclear energy is vast. Nuclear energy has uh, you know like nuclear security, the energy sector uh, where for the power generation, uh, in agriculture, in medicine, and now also in medicine there is this uh, radio pharmacy. Uh, so who are your patients? I mean, uh, who buys the radio farms? Let me tell you when I I think a funny thing, Colin. So by the time I was graduating with my masters, I actually didn't know that nuclear had all these wide applications. I came to know after I attended some workshop uh, for women in nuclear and I, I was shocked at the nuclear and climate change. And I'm like, what? Yeah, I, I always thought nuclear is only medicine. I, I, I had or war, you know. Yeah, but anyway, so our patients uh, in nuclear are diverse. So initially anyone would think that the only patients we see are cancer patients uh but but that is not true we see a whole range of patients maybe we can say like in kenya we we have marketed and we have the 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 service has really picked up in oncology and in cancer care uh but nuclear has applications in cancer in cardiovascular diseases in renal diseases in Alzheimer's, in Parkinsonism, in uh, gastrointestinal diseases, in you know bone diseases, so it, it it can basically be applied in every single system of your body. Yeah, so we can use it to be able to either diagnose. Uh, in terms of treatments, we mainly concentrate on cancer. So for diagnosis, we can talk about a wide variety of diseases. In treatment, the main concentration, I'm not saying the only one, but the main concentration is uh, cancer, cancer treatment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is a game changer, by the way. The moment it lands in Kenya, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shout about it everywhere because we've not yet started uh, the main mainstream treatment of cancer using nuclear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> That's great. And um, maybe somebody can say uh, or can ask because uh, in pharmacy, majorly we know about the like paracetamol, of course. A paracetamol. Do we, do we have like paracetamol in radio farms? 
<laughs> that's hard <laughs> yeah what do you mean uh, my patients can also take paracetamol for headache but uh, or fever um so you know you know a radio pharmaceutical because in the radio pharmacy we make a drug called a radio pharmaceutical yeah so a radio pharmaceutical is a, is a drug that is radioactive so we have a normal drug or a normal chemical moiety and then we make it radioactive that means we can take paracetamol which we haven't but i'm just using it for simplicity means we can take paracetamol and add a radionuclide to it a radioactive moiety to it so that it becomes radioactive paracetamol that is doable and that's basically what we do so we for example for cancer there's a drug called trastuzumab for example yeah for breast cancer so you can find that we'll take trastuzumab which is a drug used for treatment of breast cancer and then we make this drug radioactive because we want to see where the breast cancer cells are so we we just track it because we know it has affinity for breast cancer we just tag radiation to it so that it takes us and you can be able to see with a camera where the where the where the cancer is so yes any other any drug you can think about we probably have already done it or can do research on making it radioactive yeah. yeah so uh, uh, many people will uh, say okay let me get uh, dr itotia so uh, she can uh, give me uh, paracetamol for my headache so uh, uh, so on so forth so uh, people uh, really have to know uh, this is a radioactive drug and uh, it's uh, the usage actually is uh, different from uh, maybe the normal uh, diseases i don't know yes. uh, you you you're the one who knows uh, is it uh, applicable in specific diseases diseases or a wide variety of diseases uh yes uh, now one <laughs> you know radiation yeah the justification yeah, yeah so you can't uh, even if you had the indication you cannot just come and you tell us we want so we must have uh, a clear enough justification from your referring physician so this is not a drug you can come like the way you can go over the counter and buy maramoja uh, this one the physician writes uh, to us to request for it from us Yes so just have, as I've said yes it has application in a wide variety of diseases I've given example of cancer uh renal obstruction in kids or in adults then we have cardiovascular diseases coronary artery disease osteomyelitis osteoarthritis uh gastric emptying time esophageal emptying time so we can we can use it for a wide variety of diseases so it just depends with what you want so we'll just make the drug depending on your need All right. And 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 about the dosage, about the dosage, do you uh, dose in grays or sieverts and 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 how much uh, grays uh, if it is grays uh, can uh, cause a long-term effect to a patient? Uh, no, we don't use grays in nuclear medicine. We use uh, curie and becquerel. Curie. Uh-huh. So we give the dose in terms of curie or becquerel. That's those are our SI units. So the amount we give especially for diagnosis which is what we are mainly doing now we don't even get concerned about uh, effects because it's way beyond below the limits but of course when it comes to us as radiation workers now of course we'll be monitored and given the various limits according to uh, occupational safety guidelines mm-hmm. yes yes so we don't use grays like in radiotherapy okay all right oh uh, radio Oh, radio the the radio uh the radio pharmacy the radio um, 
nuclear uh, medicine nuclear all of these terms somebody will just have to sit down and analyze because nuclear energy is vast field and you say it and nuclear energy is the future and 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 uh, maybe you can ask a question as uh, as a radio pharmacist uh what, what acute symptoms uh can uh, somebody experience uh, or you for example can you experience if you work around the clock 24/7 uh, while handling nuclear materials Uh, if I work around the clock while handling nuclear material and I am still within the limits, I'll be yeah, fine. Yeah? yeah. For example, we normally mm-hmm. say the limit is 20 millisieverts per year. Yes. So if we ca- we cascade that down, like for our institution, we found that the limit per day is around 80 microsieverts. Huh? Mm-hmm. So if I'm still within that, we expect that I'll experience no symptoms. But assuming now that I work 24/7 and I'm um I'm gonna experience some symptoms. Yes. The first one that is normally acute uh, is uh-huh. uh, reduced white blood cell count, neutropenia. Mm-hmm. So someone who acts with radiation all the time and probably do not practice safe radiation uh, protection measures yes. would experience a reduced white cell count. Mm-hmm. The other thing is if you hold it with your hands, you're going to have um, like your hands are peeling. I'm forgetting the medical term yes. for it. Uh, and of course those are transient effects especially if you just do it once or twice but uh, yes but of course we know there are the long term effects that uh, come with exceeding the limits so we normally say yes. or i normally say that you as a radiation worker for you to exceed a limit the limits set uh, Yes. You must really be working really hard to exceed those limits. Huh? <laughs> you must really want to exceed them because it, it's very difficult. If you practice safe, uh, safe, if you work the right way, you will you will never even get yes. to the limits that have been set to the members of the public. Yes, 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 yes. So we shouldn't get scared of radiation. Uh, it's uh, it's very very safe uh, working. Uh, you know, like. Uh, uh, working in a facility where there are radionuclides everywhere working yes. in a facility whereby uh, what if uh, maybe for instance uh, you've put uh, something on a shell and then uh, it falls on you are there emergency emergency uh, preparedness measures or you know because somebody can just be one in a in a nuclear facility i don't know yeah Collins, uh, one you i don't know where why you would put radiation on a shelf Um so when no when we are dealing with radioactive drugs eh, we normally shield them for example a vial that is only carrying let's say 1 curie of radioactivity will shield it with 18 kilograms of lead uh so you can imagine we cannot be even be putting that on a shelf because lifting that to put on a shelf is another story yeah but assuming you are dealing with because there are some like for example when you're doing quality control on our drugs You can have like 50 millicuri or uh, 50 to 100 millicuri in a vial that you're using to do quality control which in itself is little amount. Eh? So that vial can break when you're moving around it can break. Eh? So of course we have uh, SOPs on management of spills and SOPs on what you do in case radiation spills on you. For example, in every facility that deals with uh, radioactive drugs you will find that we have an emergency shower so just located next to where we are expecting you to be dealing with radioactive that is unsealed so in case of anything the first thing you do is rush to that shower 
and then of yeah. course and remove everything that might be contaminated and pour water on yourself same to eye decontamination and all so i'm not saying it's not possible it is possible that's why we have all those measures but the work processes have been the technology has been done in such a way that it is almost impossible for such accidents to happen unless it is deliberate yeah sure and um if uh, for example there is a lady uh, who is uh, pregnant uh, who will want to uh, do or not wanting to do uh, uh, to be treated but uh, who is uh, supposed to be treated uh, uh, um with the radio farms so uh, how do you uh, make sure that uh, this baby will not be exposed to any kind of radiation as the same of course the late the the, the, the pregnant woman uh, maybe their mentions I don't know uh, do you do the, the uh, treatment for for that particular lady or you will uh, advise her to give birth first so that uh, the baby can be fine uh, they are separate and then uh, do the um, treatment yeah in terms of uh, nuclear medicine radio pharmacy you see we give you the drug orally or we inject it yeah? so there's absolutely no way to protect the baby and and remember the baby is considered a member of the public so as you consider radiation workers, the baby is a member of the public, meaning we must keep the limits for the baby to the limits of members of the public. That is why, for example, if I was to get pregnant, I am supposed to be excused from radiation-related duties, not for my own sake, but for the, for the baby I'm carrying, because now the baby becomes a member of the public. It's she, he or she is not a radiation worker. So in terms of treatments now, it will be the patient plus the doctor to discuss and see the benefits vis-a-vis the risk most of the time if we have the time you should wait you should wait until you deliver the baby then we can give especially uh therapy doses because those are high doses but if the life of the mother is at stake then now we discuss do do you keep the pregnancy or do you terminate the pregnancy Uh, because we'll have to take treatment Yeah. yeah Yes, yeah, so so um, I think um, that is so uh, so uh, profound because uh, there are many uh, people who will say, okay, um, just uh, you know, the baby will not uh, maybe be exposed to radiation and uh, this and that. But uh, you said it very well, and 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 also there is this risk of cancer. And many people when they hear about nuclear energy, actually when we talk about nuclear energy and uh, specifically nuclear, maybe for example medicine and not pharmacy, there's nuclear medicine. Most people they say cancer, 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 and and cancer uh, excruciatingly uh, has killed 10 million people. Um, you know, like. 10 people lives in 2020 according to world health organization uh, how is radio pharmacy helping to end this madness by in the future i think first we should demystify this thing of uh, radiation and cancer you know people should know even when they go through a scanner in the mall or in the airport they got exposed to radiation yeah? probably more than they get when they come for a scan eh? or when they take a plane or when they eat a banana you get exposed to radiation just from just those few activities so if it's cancer you are scared of because of radiation you are already exposed to it then so uh in terms of nuclear i would actually say we are actually using nuclear to save lives to mitigate cancer you know we're using radio pharmacy we're using nuclear medicine to treat cancer 
the impact that nuclear drugs, the impact that uh, radioactive drugs is making on cancer patients, I am telling you, is unmatched. And that's why I was telling you earlier that I'm going to scream about uh, when we do start therapy in Kenya for using radioactive drugs because it's a game changer. People who are doing it, it's a game changer for them. So we actually do use nuclear to save cancer, to save cancer patients. Yes, 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 yes. And we do not use the nuclear. You know, people, you always think about Hiroshima, Nagasaki, you know. Those are not the nuclear material that we are using. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, um, specifically, uh, maybe you can uh, mention one or two, uh, because I know, like, uh, there's this... Is it molybdenum 99? I think molybdenum. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, what are these uh, several? Are there specific, um, um, uh, uh, is it called radionuclides? Specific radionuclides that you use uh, to uh, diagnose or to prepare medicine? Ah, uh, yes. Now, molybdenum 99 is the mother to our, it's the mother to technetium 99M. So, molybdenum 99 is the mother, it gives us a daughter or decays to a daughter called technetium 99M. So, that technetium 99M is what we use for SPECT studies. So, in diagnostic nuclear medicine, we have two types we have PET, which uh, I think everyone has heard about, and then we have SPECT. So, PET stands for positron emission tomography, and SPECT stands for SPECT single photon emission computer tomography. So, uh, we use molybdenum-99, technetium-99M generator to give us technetium-99M, which we use for SPECT, which is the major radioisotope for SPECT. And then for PET, uh, we use another one called fluorine-18. There are many, there are many radionuclides that we use, but the most common ones for PET, for PET is fluorine-18, and we use a um, radio pharmaceutical called fluorine-18-FDG. And then for SPECT, we use technetium with the most common one called technetium 99M MDP. Mm-hmm. And, and majorly, you find out that these uh, radionuclides are very short, uh, short-lived. Uh, and, and for instance, uh, you can uh, diagnose somebody and then when these, uh, uh, like it takes six hours um, and it has um, become stable and uh, there is no radiation at all. Yes. And, and uh, how, how do you prepare like this drug so that uh, by this time, by the time uh, it is already um, not radioactive, uh, it, had, it has, I mean, I don't know. How do you prepare this? <laughs> I know what you're trying to ask anyway. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, so, to one, we only prepare the drugs once the patient has confirmed that they are actually coming because as you've said this they are accompanied but not only a short half-life but a very short shelf life so shelf life is that like the expiry of a drug that makes sense so we 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 normally only prepare once we are maybe 95 percent sure the patient is coming some institution will even go overboard and charge the patient beforehand so that if the patient does not come, the institution does, just, does not incur the loss of making the drug and the patient does not come because it's not a drug you can keep for the next day. Uh, yeah, so like for myself, my typical day starts at around 4.30 a.m. So that when the patient is coming in at 8, because I have to prepare the drug the same day the patient is coming. 
so i'll go in at 4 30 start my main process at 5 5 30 uh, so that by the time they're coming in at 8 8 39 uh, they are ready to be injected with the drug and by 5 p.m the next the now like today 5 p.m that drug can no longer be used yeah yeah and uh, that is a very very uh, like you wake up others go uh, at, at eight uh, yeah. but you wake up earlier i mean it's really really uh, i mean it's great i don't know how to say it but uh, they, they, it needs dedication actually because uh, some people maybe the passion will not be there and say okay how can i wake up in the morning and then yeah i don't know <laughs> so uh, it's really great uh, that you're, you're you're doing uh and saving lives because when we are centered saving more lives uh, then everything else will uh be very easy i mean yeah so that is all great of you and uh, being a humanitarian you know in a humanitarian in a way uh, it makes uh, many lives to be saved so uh, maybe I can just ask the question about radio pharmacy because I know uh, uh, there are not many in the country how many maybe you can just tell us now how many radio pharmacies are in Kenya and uh, what does it take to uh, be a radio pharmacy Oh, do you mean radio pharmacist or radio pharmacy? Oh, the... oh so uh, radio pharmacists. Radio oh. pharmacists. Oh, okay. All right. I mentioned this. We are four. Yeah. We have two gentlemen and two two ladies. To become a radio pharmacist, you first need to be a pharmacist. So you need to take a bachelor's degree, which takes uh, five years. Then you need to do a one-year mandatory uh, internship period for you to be registered as a pharmacist in Kenya. And then it's going to take you two to three years to specialize in uh, radio pharmacy. Yeah. Yes, so it's going to take you an average of 10 years or so. Yes, to be, to be called a radio pharmacist from the time you decide you want to start a career as a pharmacist. Yes. Wow, I mean, uh, that is something because most uh, most uh, will just want, I mean, I study for four years and then after four years, I'm in the job uh, market and, uh, you know, f- uh, 10 years is really a, a lot. Even um, just studying nuclear medicine takes uh, seven years alone. So it means a radio pharmacy is uh, really something uh, very, very great. So uh, what about... Nuclear medicine is, is more... Because nuclear yeah, medicine, no. you yeah, first have to be a doctor. Yes. For you to become a nuclear medicine physician, yeah, you, yeah. you first have to do six years of medicine, uh-huh. one year of internship, uh-huh. and then four to five years of master's. Wow. So it's 11 to 12 yeah. years for, for the doctors. Wow. Well, I, I wanted to say uh, being a nuclear um radio pharmacist mm. i mean these names are really really really, really, really <laughs> you know it's either a nuclear pharmacist or a radio pharmacist yes. nuclear, nuclear pharmacist yes. let me use nuclear pharmacist okay yeah. yeah so it really is a very great to be a nuclear pharmacist because all these years you put uh in uh in uh work all these years uh just to know exactly i mean uh how to do this to diagnose and so on and so forth it's really 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 great and and many people will want to know about the market i mean if you study all these years will you find a job uh, i mean 
people want to know about that <laughs> i normally say in life uh, in life don't uh, what is it don't pursue anything uh because of the money or the job otherwise you will uh it will never work out so just pursue your passion and everything else falls into place so you feel your passion is nuclear pharmacy kenya will be ready maybe for you maybe kenya will not be but uh, south africa nigeria you know like us we work from colleagues from all over the world the re- the world will be ready for you but it has to be something you love Yes, yes. So don't look at it from the money perspective because from the job perspective. Just do something that you'll make a change in the world and the world is going to be ready. We already have a shortage of nuclear medicine professionals worldwide. And we probably are not going to be able to cover that gap in 10 or 20 years. So opportunities are there, but that should not be the reason why you get into that field. It should be what change are you seeking to to make? what is the impact what is your footprint now once you you do things with that mindset things always fall into place yeah yeah indeed uh, you really uh, need to um uh, to to have more of these uh, talks uh, and I, i would recommend actually even uh, going to these um, like schools um if if you find actually time you just go to uh, talk to uh, you know there are many as uh, students in school who would really want to uh, you know to make this gap to uh, to 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 what do i say the to reduce the gap sorry to reduce the gap and uh, being many in the field so that uh, we can uh, have many radio pharmacists in Kenya and uh, yeah you really have to uh, have these talks to them also okay i i, I do that consider <laughs> one of these yeah you need to okay Yeah and uh, maybe I can ask um maybe you talk something about the uh, PS, uh, PSK the Pharmaceutical Society of Kenya because uh being a pharmacist in Kenya you really have to be in this uh, uh society mm. so what is uh, the PSK and uh, yeah what is the PSK Okay so uh, I'd like to approach it on two angles we have two bodies yeah. One of them is Pharmacy and Poisons Board and the other one is Pharmaceutical Society of Kenya. So Pharmacy and Poisons Board uh, regulates the practice of pharmacy and the business of pharmacists in Kenya. Meaning they uh, they, they regulate my practice, they they are responsible they oversee my conduct that I am professional I do the right thing like that. Huh? They also regulate the business of a pharmacist, uh, which is uh, anything that requires a pharmacist is requ- it's regulated by the Pharmacy and Poisons Board. Uh, and every pharmacist or every person whose first degree is a pharmacy, is a pharmacy degree, must be registered with the Pharmacy and Poisons Board every year. So the license is renewed on a yearly basis based on meeting certain requirements. Uh. And then we have Pharmaceutical Society of Kenya whose uh, major role is to advocate for the rights of pharmacists. So it's the umbrella body where pharmacists are society. It's an umbrella body for pharmacists association and for advocating for our rights and for our voices to be heard. Uh, yes, so every person who is a pharmacist, I think uh, ideally should or must belong to both bodies. 
So pharmacy and poisons board is not optional. If you are to practice as a pharmacist, you must be registered with them. So Pharmaceutical Society of Kenya, I would not say it's optional, but uh, you have to pay a subscription fee of every year to be to continue being a member. Yes, 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 yes. But it is uh, uh, really that's why you meet everyone in the in the in the job market, and everyone who is practicing. So it's just uh, a really good practice to to always be an active member of both. Mm-hmm. Yes, Indeed. and um, um, maybe uh, somebody can ask um, about nuclear because uh, the first thing uh, when you uh, talk about a nuclear pharmacy, uh, the word nuclear is there, and somebody can just ask randomly about uh, the nuclear power plants because maybe they will not, uh, you know, uh, want to know maybe about the medicine part of it. They'll want to ask about the nuclear uh, power side of it or the nuclear, as you said, uh, the nuclear bomb side of it or the nuclear accident side of it. So um, what's your take on nuclear energy for electricity? It's It's clean. So we are in an era or we are in the century where climate change is the major discussion uh, because we all know what that is doing and nuclear is clean. Of course, most of the times we, we, should, not, uh, we should not ignore the public perception of what it is capable of doing because uh, accidents have happened in other sites. Eh? But I think the, the message is nuclear power is clean. Nuclear power is safe and nuclear power is reliable. So long as uh, people know that uh, different engineering and different measures have been put in place to ensure that accidents do not happen. And most of the time you'll find they construct it uh, in areas. They take acreage, a lot of acreage of land. So that in case accidents do happen, which we hope do not happen, they will not affect many people. But people should not fear nuclear. Uh, accidents can even happen with our Kenya power currently, but it has not happened, right? So it's the same risk. Yes, yes, yes. But nuclear is the cleanest form of energy that we can think about. Wow, amazing. Amazing. Uh, and um, somebody uh, was uh, just... Uh talking about um, a banana mm, I mean banana, banana has potassium 40 mm. and when you eat banana uh, the radiation that you get I mean it's uh, very small so uh, somebody else was now looking at living uh, near a nuclear power facility of course living near uh, it depends with the distance and uh, no, the distance to the nuclear facility there is a barricade mm. whereby nobody should approach uh, some certain area but just living near a nuclear facility, mm-hmm. how, how safe is it according to you? A nuclear power facility? Yes. That's a tough question. So, um, we can say, I think there are regulations on this. Huh? Because as I said, we, and that also depends with the type of waste that we are generating and are we releasing it to the environment. Yeah, so I think uh, for the sites that I've visited, because I've seen Egypt and I've seen South Africa, the the sites are normally where there is no population living around, at least for some kilometers. And of course, all this is based on science. Uh, that, um, what is it called? That uh, if you live near, of course, there'll be that passive exposure. And you do not need to expose anyone if you do not have to. 
Yes, so uh, I don't think we'll ever have a nuclear power facility being constructed, for example, in Rwisambu. You get the point? Yeah. yeah. Yes. yes, 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 yes. But I, I need to read more on this. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, the, near where people, there is a lot of people. Mm. Is that what you mean? Yes, I mean, I, I use Rwisambu because there's a lot of people. Okay. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. So uh, nuclear energy, uh, because I, and and why I asked because uh, when somebody just hears about a nuclear pharmacy, yeah, uh, the first one will be nuclear. Yes. And uh, they will probably and they will definitely ask you uh, so many things about what about nuclear energy, what about uh, the accident, and uh, that is uh, some uh, something also that we also are doing advocacy on. And uh, we would really uh, would like um, also, I know you're in your busy schedule, one of these fine days we can just have like uh, these um, events, advocacy events, uh, so that uh, also you can join in there and also you know, bring this message because uh, this nuclear, uh, uh, the, the nuclear family, I call it, the nuclear family, uh, whether in medicine, whether in, uh, in, in pharmacy, whether in, uh, you know, even also those in environment, environmental sciences. And when we come together, we bring a very strong, uh, strong voice for nuclear energy. Yeah, I think I think uh, so many things we've discussed. I think we've exhausted it. Even I, I forgot that we, we've exhausted all the things that we prepared for. No problem. <laughs> yeah. So um, maybe you are concluding a uh, concluding uh, sentiment uh, that you can give unto the people. And don't forget about the nuclear power that is going to be in kenya also we're gonna have nuclear power i really hope so yeah we, we're going to have a nuclear power facility uh in uh, by 2038 actually uh, the government is uh proposing nuclear through the nuclear point energy agency to start with uh, a research reactor which will be in um, konza metropolis some, somewhere in kilifi so uh, that is where uh, the nuclear power facility is going to be uh, put nice. so that uh, in the future we can uh, do the uh, you know more research and then uh, build the workforce and then um, uh, demystify the perceptions and by then um, you know, we'll be ready to start commercializing the facility so of course we'll have to build another one which is SMRs so um, yeah that is going to be very soon so I, I don't know uh, maybe you can uh, just uh, give your um, concluding uh, words of uh, nuclear medicine and not nuclear medicine nuclear pharmacy sorry <laughs> and uh, just to touch base on nuclear energy and uh, why actually and 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 uh, no just to tell people if they we really need nuclear energy in Kenya yeah okay um Yes, so regarding radio pharmacy or nuclear pharmacy and uh, uh, nuclear medicine, uh, maybe just to give confidence to people that it is safe, it is effective, it is very effective, both to be able to diagnose your disease really early, that it is the only modality that can be able to see the function of your organs all the other ones can't they just see the anatomy of your organs so we're able to catch disease really early with nuclear medicine using radio pharmaceuticals we're also able to treat diseases that especially cancer that is untreatable with all other modalities 
that it is the only modality that will probably be declared uncurable by surgery or by chemo or by radio but we will definitely be able to target it with nuclear medicine so it is safe in case of any questions do not fear the advantages of using it 100% outweigh any risk that might be perceived because most of the risks are perceived and I'll probably pass the same message to even nuclear energy that most of the risks that people think about they are justified because that's what has been in the mainstream media but most of these risks are perceived risks they are not real risks they're just misconceptions they're just myths and probably us as people in the nuclear field have a lot to do in demystifying the myths but anyone listening to this should know that nuclear power is clean nuclear power is safe and uh, nuclear power is sustainable it is very sustainable compared to other forms of uh, energy and of power and now that you're talking about even research reactors you cannot imagine the amount of medical applications that a research reactor would have it it warms my heart so much to imagine that Kenya can have a research reactor and that a therapy that would cost them 1 million right now if we are to start it therapy with radio pharmaceutical probably cost them 30000 because we have the facility in the country so the more we encourage the setting up of such things research reactors nuclear power plants you know the more that the population is going to to benefit thank you so much wow uh, it's really been a great pleasure uh, just uh, talking to you it's really been great uh, having this conversation and uh, we are looking forward uh, that many people would uh, actually uh, go into nuclear pharmacy so as uh, and, and especially the ladies uh, because uh, there is uh, this uh, you know the warmth in these and it's really really fascinating uh, just to uh, you know uh, save more lives and and uh, you know just uh, be passionate about it so thank you so so very much dr totia uh, for uh, being in this podcast today you're welcome thank you too for having me collins welcome all right yeah, yeah and um, that is uh, you know we'll have to as uh, as the show today but looking forward to having more conversation so i uh, thank you and see you uh, very soon thank you thank you so much Nuclear Energy is the better podcast. Yay.